Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. I'm Lisa Fisher, a longtime broadcaster and journalist and now a health coach based in Arkansas who's been in front of a microphone or a camera since the 1980s. I think of myself as the queen of Arkansas media. I started this podcast in 2020 to help you live a better life. And today I'm introducing you to Dr. Wendy Trubeau, a functional medicine gynecologist in Boston who has lived to tell her story of recovery from mold toxicity and other health issues. You can reach her at the link in the show notes to start feeling better yourself. You'll get to meet her right after this. I've got a holiday gift idea for you. It's the holiday rice gift box from our friends at Ralston Family Farms. RalstonFamilyFarms.com. That's the website. Link in show notes if you missed it. And it's where you can buy the rice and you're getting six of their most popular varieties together inside a Christmas box with an eco-friendly burlap grocery tote, a recipe card, and get this, guys, a handwritten note from their family. Now, when you shop at Walmart, do you think the Waltons are going to send you a handwritten note? Do you think Jeff Bezos at Amazon is sending you a handwritten note? I don't even know if he owns it anymore, but you, you you see my point is nowhere else do you find the actual family getting involved and thanking you for your business. That's what they do because guess who works at Ralston Family Farms? The Ralstons, all of them. Robin and Tim are mom and dad, but remember this is 10th generation of farmers. So they know what they're doing and their kids and their grandkids are all involved every step of the way. If you go to the mill, you ever see them, you'll see them all there. You just never know. I mean, it's just a family affair. And that's why I love shopping with them and giving them my business. Plus, I forgot to mention this. It's the best rice in the business. If you've had it, you know Ask your grocery store about getting it if they don't have it, but most of the stores that you go to have it. But find it online for this gift box, RalstonFamilyFarms.com. If a furry friend is on your Christmas wish list and Santa delivers, I have a website that can kind of help partner with you in raising your dog and educating family members about dogs. It's DogTalkTV.com. My friend Pat Becker-Wallace is the author of many of the books at dogtalktv.com, but she is, it's NADOI, it's the National Association of Dog Obedience Trainers, I forget what the I is, and it's it's her livelihood. She's devoted her entire life to it. She had a PBS award-winning program in Oklahoma City about dogs. She tries to educate people. She really tries to match the perfect person with the perfect temperament to the perfect dog. And that's, you know, one of her goals. The other goal is just to educate you, moms and dads, on how to raise the dogs. And so there's a new puppy uh, books that they have there. It's their new puppy training, uh, daily training checklist. She's kind of a dog whisperer, but also that she's written these books to educate your family about animals. And I know that of the books, my granddaughters love um, the books about Bandit, but she's got new ones about a carriage for Cowboy, and it is about a horse. She is a long time horse enthusiast. So check them out. And when you buy books from there, guess what, people? You're celebrating and supporting the local rescues in central Arkansas. Very important. They need money year round. You can help. DogTalkTV.com. She won most talkative in high school, and she has been running her mouth ever since. Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast with your host, Lisa Fisher. Okay, kids, she really is my long-lost sister. We have uh, ethnic similarities. We have interests in the same things. And uh, so when did you give up hooch? Because I have totally lost (laughs) interest. It interrupts my sleep, and it it ages the heck out of you, and I'm not interested. I just have to tell you, when you say hooch, I thought you were talking about sex. And I was like, wait, wait, I didn't give that up. But okay, so going back to Hooch is an old-timey term for- uh, It's a Southern thing for alcohol, right? Up here, we're like, we go to the packy store. Do you say you go to the hooch store down there? Well, I do. I have my own language. It's a Lisa Fisher language. (laughs) No one else says it, but yes, packy store. So when did you decide it was in best interest for your life and um, for your virility and for your future to quit drinking alcohol? Okay. So 
my father-in-law had a birthday. My second child, I had four children, so I hadn't had two of them yet. My second child was about a year and we went to a Japanese restaurant and I single-handedly drank a bottle of sake. And it was amazing, amazing. And I wasn't hungover. Okay, so before you say to me, oh, you must've been hungover. I wasn't, I woke up and I was like, I feel awful, but I felt awful for a month. It took me a month to recover. Are you serious? Serious, no, no joke. And I said, okay, self, you obviously have adrenal fatigue. And I was an OBGYN at the time, so I knew I had adrenal fatigue. But clearly, if a lot of alcohol does this to you, a little alcohol, you're gonna have mm. to you're gonna have to work with like my twisted way of thinking. I if a lot is doing nasty stuff, a little bit is doing nasty stuff on a smaller scale. Yeah. So until I can drink a lot and not react, I'm not gonna drink any. And wow. and I stopped. And um, that what was seventeen year was that? years ago. Seventeen years that, ago. Seventeen years ago. And then I got into toxins. Yeah. And you know, so Lisa, if I said to you, Hey, Lisa. I have a big old glass of toxin for you. Would you like some? It's Heck just going to no. make you feel terrible. Heck no. Mess with Heck your no. gut. But most people would think I was like a crazy chick if I yeah. did that. But when you drink alcohol, that's what you get. So I'm now vindicated, right? It, this, many years later, I'm vindicated. But I originally stopped because I just didn't, I didn't feel well when I drank it. And, I, and I'm not such a drinker that I was like, oh, I need to have my whiskey on the rocks. I didn't like it. So I stopped. Yeah, I, I kind of miss sometimes the flavor. So I did order of Manischewitz. Well, no, well, exactly. Well, people <laughs> in the Jewish community understand Great. that. But I ordered the Curious Elixirs. It's a fake yeah, alcohol that, that you can put in a cup and have limes just to have a bite of something. It, it has no alcohol content. And that's yeah. when my husband asked if I was going to start smoking fake cigarettes. I said, I might. But it's just because sometimes, not that I want even, I don't have the habit of clinking a glass, but sometimes I want a Shirley Temple for grownups. Yeah. And yeah. so I just got the package yesterday. I'm going to try it and see how we do. I, I do get tempted though. I was at a cooking class last night and part of the ticket price was having a glass of wine. But I, I just say every time it's not worth it. So right. I, I say no, not, not that I'm a martyr, but- I say no so I can sleep. Sleep has gotten to be the most important thing of my life, more than what I'm going to eat sleep or is what's God. on TV. Yeah. Sleep is God, man. Like sleep is is priceless. So I feel Okay, you. so let, let's go back in our thinking. Um, I, I've always said that the people who, the, the PR team for Kale was brilliant because they made us think we needed it. And it made me um, toot like a bear in the woods because it, <laughs> it, it, it's just, too cruciferous for well because i would make this much of it and i'd make them into mm-hmm. we would chop it up and make it taste like popcorn and we called it toon corn mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's too cruciferous for my body right mm-hmm. so i always said kale had a great pr team red wine did in the 90s and early 2000s because every person at the um, shady pines old folks home was told to have a little glass of wine for longevity where now we're realizing, like so many studies, follow the money. So we've made a switch. What do you think in the last... Now, you've been on the this curious wagon for 17 years, but when do you think we started realizing that wine is full of toxins? Yeah, I, I, I talked to so many people, Lisa, who are still like, wait, wine is bad for me? I'm like, well, yeah. I don't know that I would ever argue that alcohol is good for you. Right, like uh, unless to. you're sterilizing a wound, right? Like that's that's useful, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> that would be useful, but otherwise, it diverts the liver from doing what it's supposed to be doing, which is taking the toxins out of your body and getting them out of you, so that you can feel freaking amazing and live long and prosper and blah blah blah. Okay, so I th- I think a lot of people don't realize that that red wine and white wine are full of pesticides and other and toxins and contaminants. And it's really pretty scary. There's a couple brands that are reasonable. They have less sugar, they're grown organically. They still will spike your blood sugar. It is still toxic, yeah. but it's less toxic, right? If you're I've thinking, heard they're terrible. I don't drink, so I haven't tried it. My husband yeah. tried it when we were at a conference. He's like, it's not bad. I'm like, not bad is not good. You know, I don't, right. I don't know. I, I don't drink, so. I can't comment on that, but I think I'm always about perfection isn't real and you want to make a better choice. Yeah. 
So if your better choice is go for an organically grown lower sugar alcohol and then drink less of it or make it a wine spritzer instead of a glass of wine, I'm all for that rather than two or three glasses of wine, which are not healthy for you. Straight up bad for you. No. Um, I I would say for me that my wine consumption, I didn't do the COVID drinking. I did the opposite in COVID. I worked Mm -hmm. out harder, smarter. And I got yes. out of the house because I'm there's an only extrovert. two camps, right? Yeah, either right. either you got worse or that, got better. That's right. So I I didn't and I, no judgment. I'm just saying extroverts like to go out and see people. We would fight over who was going to get the mail at the mailbox because I had to go out and see humans. Uh, but I didn't do all the drinking. My drinking and it was a bottle of wine a week for about a couple of years. It was during the throes of menopause and heart palpitations. Mm-hmm. I thought I would. Pop open the red wine on a Thursday, have two glasses Thursday, two Friday, one Saturday. Yeah. I I did that for maybe a couple of years. I mean, I don't think every week, but I'm saying <clears throat> I had wine at home and I did that. And I thought it was going to make the heart palpitations better. Explain to our listeners why it didn't, because it didn't. It didn't. Yeah. Okay. Let's back up a step. A bottle of wine has about 750 calories. So if you do that, even... 40 times a year, that's 28,000 calories that you didn't need. I just did four times seven and added added a bunch of zeros. I knew it wasn't for 2,800. So then I had another zero. No, you know, it's not exact. Okay. If you're, if you're a math person, you're like, no, that's not right. But it's, it's more than 28,000 calories in a year. And you know, that that's going to add up. Right. I always feel like why drink your calories? Okay. Back to the heart palpitations. So uh, when you drink alcohol, a whole cascade of things happen. But one of them that happens is when you drink alcohol, it stresses the adrenals. Mm-hmm. And the adrenals are these tiny little glands. that look like up in the air, junior birdsmen, but it's these yes. tiny little munchkin glands that sit on top of your kidneys. And they provide your energy, your get up and go, your ability to function. So when you drink alcohol, if you eat sugar, if you're super stressed, you almost get in a car accident, you have a toxic boss. Mm-hmm whatever, mm-hmm. the adrenals kick into gear. And when your adrenals get stressed enough, you can have heart palpitations. And it's so interesting. You know, women will sit in my office and say, doc, I think I have a heart problem. I'm like, no, you don't have a heart problem. You have an alcohol right. problem or you have a stress problem because wow. it, it that's the impact of it. Which came first? Did my heart palpitations or was I perpetuating heart palpitations by thinking I was relieving it with the alcohol? Yeah. So, so probably you started with a component of adrenal fatigue and, you know, from the yeah. little you shared with me before we started recording, yeah. Yeah. You, it's a pretty good bet to think that you have had years and years of adrenal stress. Yes. Yes. Right. Yes. Like, yes. So, so by the time you get to menopause and you start to get less resilient and less elastic, yeah then anything sets you off. So you already yes. had it, but then when you drink the alcohol, you flare it. You make it, you make it sort of magnified. That was the and- time I've been in radio TV since the earth cooled. And <laughs> that was the time I was getting up at 3.45 or 4 a.m. in the morning to host a morning radio show. So okay. it would be yeah. like at two in the afternoon that my husband came in, I was drinking wine and he was like, Really? And he's not judgy. He's funny. It's five and o'clock somewhere, girl. Like That's what I said. I go, I got up at four. Um, but that was p- part of that time of my life. And I'm telling you, Wendy, there wasn't anyone that would listen when I would say I'm having trouble sleeping with heart palpitations. One guy gave me trazodone and then they wanted to give me an antidepressant and all that. But I was like, I'm not depressed. I mean, I wasn't depressed. I just had heart. Okay. I was going through menopause and I was perimenopause and no one told me those words. We need to talk about this. Okay. Can we pause for a minute and talk yes. about this? I literally, not even an hour ago, had a patient in my office who said to me, she said to her doctor, I want to see a menopause specialist. And he, Uh-oh. he the, the, said- You're setting her, it up where it's not going to be- that he, I hope he doesn't live through the day, but what did he he's say? not listening. He said- What's a menopause specialist? No, Why he would you not. need that? No, he didn't. I'm like, I'm like nails on a chalkboard. Did you really, did he really say that to you? Like, Does he have okay, the so, internet? I mean, isn't he a medical doctor? Doesn't he know this? This is, this is like, this is not 10 years ago. So, so the, for the listeners, don't let people gaslight you. Yes. Okay. You know that something's not right. Yes. And, and what I said to the patient who said that to me was, okay, 
we're going to give a lot of leeway to this human because clearly they're living in the dark ages. But anyone who says to you, it's nothing, you're just getting older, maybe you're just anxious, or it's not as bad as it seems, that's gaslighting, okay? And you shouldn't, don't let them do that. If people say that to you, that's your message you're in the wrong place. You're asking yeah. You're asking the wrong person for directions, okay? That's right. You're asking the person who just moved there and doesn't speak the language for directions. Or a blind person. A blind How person, do I get right? To, to that, navigate. that person is blind. I totally yes. agree with that. So, you, so if you're having this experience, A, trust yourself. B, look for another person to ask guidance for. Yeah. Go online and look for a functional medicine specialist. Go to ifm.org. Do not let yourself be gaslighted because, you know, here we are. This has been years that she's been sick. And mm-hmm. I was outraged. And, and my outraged is this. Oh. Yeah. She saw my face. I was like, I'm outraged. Yes. I, I like, And I don't want to badmouth someone, but I'm outraged. No. So don't let that happen to you. And if it does, just know they're not bad people. They just don't have the tools in the toolbox to help you. Go somewhere else. Don't ask your electrician to do your plumbing or vice versa. Go somewhere else. Well, I, to simplify it, that doctor is ignorant. He is ignorant of, he's ignoring the facts. He's ignoring yes. the science. He's ignoring the movement. There's a movement now, and maybe it's because I'm of the age, and maybe it's because social media is the great voice that speaks to us. But now we are seeing women, Wendy, lock arms and say, I'm mad as hell and I'm not taking it anymore. And they're mm-hmm. saying, you've got to give me help. So what's the first thing, What the what's the first bit of advice you told that patient that was practical that she could enact that day? Besides, obviously mindset is very, very important. Sure. But what do you want us to do when we're told that? What's the first thing we should do? Well, I think you need to first understand, understand that what you're going through is first off an expected stage of life. It's not a pathological stage in, intrinsically, but it can have some consequences that are unpleasant. Yeah. So menopause isn't a pathological state, but the brain fog, the hot flashes, the insomnia, yeah. the evil mood changes, yeah. those are problems we need yeah. to address. Mm-hmm. The menstrual abnormalities. Mm-hmm. So so it's it's like there's there's nothing wrong with you and there's things that we might need to to support you in. Sort of distinguish that. So the action items for me, I'm all about. We need to address your foundations before we can get to the next step. So what's a foundation? Food. You do it every day. You are what you eat. Pooping. You need to do it every day. Oh, yes. Even if you don't feel like it. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Right. Every day. Mm-hmm. Sometimes more than once. Mm-hmm. You need to move your body, mm-hmm. preferably every day. And when you become a woka, a woman of a certain age, <laughs> you're a woka. When you become that human. You need a mix of cardiovascular to support your heart and weights to support your strength and your bones. So it's not just like, oh yeah, I spin every day. Cool. Well, that's not really helping your bones. That's helping your heart. So do the right exercises. You need to think. You need to get present. You need to get clear. You know, I really feel like a lot of divorces happen when we become a woke because we realize like, okay, who I was when I got married is no longer who I'm meant to be. And it's really just about this is the next phase of life. So thinking, connecting to people, being intimate with people, sleeping, mm. <laughs> breathing. These are the mm-hmm. foundations. You need to fix your foundations. And within that, understand what is your chemistry saying? Are you deficient in things that will mess with so, you? So what's your what's your go-to labs? Is it the Dutch? <laughs> is it the saliva test? Blood, it's, you know. All of the above. Yeah. Yeah, So so the foundational exam includes traditional blood work that looks at your minerals, nutrients, hormones. I tested that patient for celiac. I'm going to do a a thrombotic workup on her. So it's really, and it's a dual track. I say to people, I'm looking at what's torturing you now. Maybe you're severely deficient in zinc. That'll mess your skin up. Maybe you're severely deficient in Z, in D. That'll make you anxious and immune system dysfunction. So I'm looking for what's going on, but I'm also looking at what's your risk factor for cardiovascular disease, heart attack, stroke, Alzheimer's, metabolic dysfunction. That's just blood work. Then I also, as part of the foundational work, look at your spit kit for adrenal function. Okay. I'm looking at your stool test for gut. My favorite one is the GI effects because- I just, not only can I often get a lot of it covered, but it gives me this massive breadth of information that, that's clinically relevant. 
And then I'm looking at food sensitivities to understand what are you eating with good intentions that has bad outcomes. And then I'm looking at your metabolomics also by Genova mm -hmm. that looks at your antioxidants, your B vitamins, some of your screening for toxins and mitochondrial dysfunction. And that's level one, right? That's round one. And then round two is all the toxic work. So heavy metals, mycotoxins, other environmental toxins, glyphosate. Well, we just get our PhD if we're a patient of yours within about two months. You're a smart cookie, man. I mean, I just mean, to, yeah. The data, it just shows it's the whole yeah. test, don't guess. Yes. It's the data that really makes us so unique. And we all know that. And if you've ever birthed a child, how different they are from you. You mm -hmm. share some DNA, but doesn't mean that you express the DNA the same way. Right. Right. I'm, I say to patients, I'm a data hog. I like the data and I'm happy to go empirically. You know, if you say to me, coming here was a stretch and I don't have any funds left yeah, to I'm do sure. all this testing, then I say, okay, cool. I can go empirically and we can, we can tinker with you, but I would much rather have the data. So I understand. You don't um, have what to do you though. like about, like I've done the gene profiles that kind of show, mm -hmm. you know, that I have MTHFR or COMT gene. What, what do you like about those testing and which is your preferred source? Well, I like all of them, but I really encourage people to do an outside the system test. And what I mean by that is something that you just go and pay for yourself and unless you give it to your doctor, doesn't wind up in your medical record because you, we can argue about the merits of universal healthcare, but if everyone is able to get healthcare, you don't need to worry about being penalized Different. or discriminated yeah. against. So right. I, until we have some type of protection, I'm a Good huge point. fan of not putting your genetic information into uh, your medical chart unless you have to. I mean, there's certain Good. things you won't be discriminated against, but then there's certain things like 40% of the population has the celiac gene. So they're not discriminating against you for that. But if you get celiac, you're discriminated against because your risk of death from all causes is higher. The oh. actuaries know that. So, so I'm a huge fan of like ancestry and, and, um, 23 and me because, mm -hmm. you know, you have control over that data. Mm -hmm. They do do anonymous testing. That doesn't bother me. I've had some people say, oh, they test on you. I'm like, well, it's anonymous. They don't, nobody knows who you are. So that doesn't personally bother me. So I'm a huge fan of that. I love the Nordic DNA test. That's okay. a fantastic test. It also has great reporting, right? And okay. then there's, we're sort, of, we're sort of peripheral. I love the gallery test, which is a test that looks at whether you're expressing the methylation signals for 50 different cancers and that's okay. active cancer that's not a risk wow. that's not a genetic mutation that is do are you do you have this cancer in your body right now so i'm a huge fan of that test not covered by insurance unfortunately but so there's a lot of different ones but i'm also very pragmatic right like i don't see why you should sp spend $800 to get something that you could spend 150 for so that's why I also lean towards a 23andMe and Ancestry type things. Yeah. Um, well, in your neck of the woods, I've interviewed <clears throat> the um, Revere, Dr. Thomas Seafried, and understand from Boston College, understanding about the metabolic uh, mitochondrial connection to cancers. I, I don't feel like I'm on fire and that I'm going to get cancer. I mean, I just, because I have so much control, I'm an intermittent faster, my fasting insulin's super low, but- I do know because I was kind of reading some things online last night because of my DNA and yours too. We share Ashkenazi DNA and there is a BRCA gene connection to that. Mm -hmm. Would that make, like I've never tested because I kind of don't want to know because I'll manifest it. Like I'll think about it and all of a sudden right. I'll grow a third boob and it'll be cancerous because, you know, I'll overthink it. I don't want to know if I have Graves disease because I'll manifest, you know what I'm saying? Because right. I'm Hashimoto. So not I don't want to put my head in the sand. I want to be wise, but do you think, do you, have you worried at all or have you tested to see if you're BRCA because of our genetic predisposition? Yeah. I, I am someone who believes deeply in the data that I can collect that would alter my behavior. Okay, so I see that. So when yes. I did the 23 and me, I said, I do want to know about the BRCA. I do want to know about Parkinson's risk. I do want to know about Alzheimer's risk because it would alter my behavior, right? It, 
I already do the same stuff as you, right? The exercise, the intermittent fasting. I don't eat gluten. I don't eat right. cow's dairy same. unless it's A2, A2. I don't eat sugar. Right. I don't drink alcohol. Like we do all right. these good things, right? But uh, for example, there's this new imaging out that I'm trying to get into my center, which is called QT imaging, and it's yes. breast imaging, yes. and it's 40 times more uh, more resolution than like an MRI. Yes, that if I had the BRCA gene, I I actually have a, a friend who has the BRCA gene. And I was like, when as soon as I get this, you're coming to my center, and we're going to image you because she hasn't yet had a mammogram. And I'm like, we want to know. It's so much more resolution. We'll be able to see what's happening in there. So so I'm a fan of testing because it would change my behavior. I would, you know, and, and instead of sort of, I ebb and flow, right? As a human being, sometimes I'm like, oh, I never eat gluten, but sometimes I'll eat something that's packaged. And I might not do that if I knew that my risk for cancer was much higher. Because cancer is an inflammatory state, right? So oh, it would sure. alter my behavior, right? For so sure. I did test for everything, and I know I have two copies of the MTHFR C six seven seven, and I have two copies for celiac and two copies for D deficiency. My poor kids, I'm like y'all are screwed. I know. That's it. I tell mine that all the time. Yeah, and and I didn't know that celiac was genetic until I got it and had all these kids, and then I learned that it was genetic, and I had definitely given kids. I sat and cried. I was like, what did I do? You know, I'm glad they're here. You know, they're, they're just treats in the world, but it's genetic. So yes. I did test and, and it does change my behavior. So I've done Ancestry and 23andMe. Is um, BRCA in those? Yeah. BRCA's in 23andMe. You, I think, have to say, yes, you want to know. Okay. So you could go back and say, I okay. want to know. Okay. Yeah. And the ApoE3, ApoE4 for Alzheimer's, you can okay, say, yeah, I want to know okay. those. Yeah, I, yeah. Think I, I remember not having that. And I think I've done Boston Heart, maybe Boston Heart at something that was, or, or something else I did at that time. So I'm going to mm-hmm. look all that up because it is, I do want to know for the, if we talk about the epigenetics of switching the gene on and off mm-hmm. and I'm doing everything I can to keep those genes at bay, but. I do like a little bite of dark chocolate every day. If I knew that I was facing the enemy in the camp, then I probably it would probably be the thing that I'd realize that's that is a hot plate. I don't need to touch yeah. it. It will burn me. There's more to that though, Lisa. So if you knew that you were at risk, I mean, I have one you have autoimmune disease, I have autoimmune disease. So toxins play a massive role in autoimmune disease, right? And so you my my poor husband, he's the nicest guy. And at one point, I think he thought that I was crazy. And then we start to see all this data. But oh, even back sure. in 1989, Massachusetts came out with this evaluation study that showed that one out of every six deaths was could be tracked back to air or water quality. Hello, this is almost 40 years ago. They knew it almost then, but we don't live like this, right? So if yeah. you really were facing it and said, yeah. okay, I need to do everything you would also then make sure that every room in your house had an air filter, that you filtered your water, right. that you never yep. drink out of plastic yep. water bottles, that you did hardcore detox. You test you test your metals, your mycotoxins, your other, you test it all and you resolve what you can, right? I stopped doing my nails. Damn near killed me. You did? I did. I used to have the most gorgeous, I did it myself, laid with my hands on top of the comforter on a Sunday night. My husband was like, Really? But I had high levels of the chemicals in my body. And after losing half the hair on my head and gaining a whole bunch of weight and having a rash and fatigue and brain fog, I'm like, you know what? This is not worth it. Not worth it. Wow. Now, I'm not saying everyone has to stop doing their nails, but for me, I wanted to peel off every yeah. possible thing that was messing with me because I was so sick, right? The sicker you are, the more intervention and invasive you're going to get. And then the more you're just like, oh, this is a nice idea, you could leave your nail polish for last if it's a nice idea and you're just, you just want to be healthy, right? It depends how sick you are. Some of you listening right now to my podcast don't feel your best and you're wondering what is wrong. Sometimes, as we know, conventional medicine doesn't or can't address the changes that are going on in your body. If you are a woman over 37, no, 35, you might be perimenopausal. You likely are, but you don't know it because you went to your provider and your provider said, no, blood work looks fine. I'm saying go to compoundingatcornerstone.com, order the saliva test, 
or the Dutch test. That's the dried urine test for comprehensive hormones. And you will find out more than you bargain for. At compounding at cornerstone.com. It's known as Cornerstone Pharmacy here in West Little Rock. So it's the Rodney Parham location. That's the only one. But they've partnered with me to get you the best deal on these tests. No one else gives you 20% off. They do if you use Lisa at checkout. Now, the saliva test is more affordable than the Dutch. The Dutch, though, is like 19 pages of data. So it's depending what you want, where where you are in your life. Had I known about this <laughs> 20 years ago, it would have probably prevented where I went off the rails there for a little bit. I feel great now because I have bioidentical hormone replacement therapy thanks to compounding at cornerstone.com. So I want you to feel your best in 2024. I want you to go to their website and get the best deal, Lisa, at checkout. It's Lisa Fisher, and I am proud to talk about my relationship with the folks who own and manage the properties out in Scott, Arkansas, known as Marlsgate. It's really now a collection of properties because it's not just the home. A lot of people in Arkansas, really all over the country, know about the home that was built in the 1880s over a thousand acres of this property including pecan orchards there a couple of lakes down there a magnificent home greek revival home unlike anything i've ever been to but it's also what the talbots are doing in that community it's scott arkansas it's about 15 minutes from downtown little rock there's north little rock you know you can get there so easily you escape the hustle and bustle of the city and you go to where times are simpler and people are nicer and the traffic is less. You see what I'm saying? So in Scott, Arkansas, down 165, they've got the farmer's market, heirloom foods, culinary arts, lodging by land and water, social academy, curated shopping, celebrations of all kinds. That's on their website. That's why I've partnered with them. I'm proud to to represent the Talbot family in everything they do because they're some of the finest people I've ever known and their integrity and devotion to the community is impressive. And in 2017, they were just the third owners of this property. The Dorch family, obviously, a lot of people know the original owners and David Gardner and now Martha Ellen and Bo. Check it out by going to their website. It could be your perfect venue, your perfect location for something in 2024, marlsgate.com. So that's your pain to purpose story then? Is that what got you involved? <laughs> so you left kind of conventional Western <clears throat> medicine and thought, I'm going to go fight for people? Yeah, so I was I came to functional medicine because my husband was being mentored by a functional medicine doctor. And right before our insurance changed when I was 35, he said to me, "Why don't you go see him before our insurance changes?" Because we couldn't afford to see him otherwise, right? right? We were we were both just out of med school and paying off our loans, like we didn't have any money. Right. And so I went to see him and he's the one who diagnosed me with celiac and a number of food sensitivities and mineral nutrient deficiencies and helped me understand why I had taken iron for 20 years and it hadn't done anything. It's because I wasn't absorbing it. Right. So he was the person who introduced me to functional medicine. And about three years later, I left my OBGYN practice and went in with my husband who had opened a functional medicine practice. And so that was my entry and then pain to purpose next level. It's like a camel hump, right? The first yeah. one was getting diagnosed with celiac. The second one was at age 48 when I came back from a vacation to France and I got so sick, Lisa. Like what I referred to was the weight gain, the hair loss, the eczema, the rash, the brain fog, the fatigue. It was exhaustion and gut irritability, like you name it. And ultimately learned that when Notre Dame burned, it released 500 tons of lead dust into the atmosphere. And the closer you were to Notre Dame, the more you got. I was there the week after it burned. And as soon as I came home, I got sick and I had no idea what was going on. And so that's the really big part of my pain to purpose, because what I saw was as the poster child for healthy living, all the stuff we do, it wasn't enough. When I got that nasty exposure, it wasn't enough. And so that's when I tested the heavy metals, the lead, the mercury, the thallium, the arsenic, the cadmium, and then also tested mycotoxins. I had lead, I had mercury, 
I had five strains of mycotoxins. Those are the, the that's the name for the toxins that the mold puts out when it's in your body. It's mm. totally creepy. And I had a whole slew of the environmental toxins, including that nail polish, flame retardant. So I stopped pumping my own gas. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, MTBE, which is the the gasoline fumes, flame yeah. retardants, plastic, styrene. I had all just like crazy stuff. And I said to my husband, I'm such a dirty girl. And we're going to write that why, book. Truthfully, Wendy, that's why you couldn't tolerate alcohol. You exactly. couldn't have had <clears throat> one more thing for your liver. Your liver was no. going, Wendy, give us a break. Exactly. I was teetering for years, but I didn't know this, Lisa. You know, that like I didn't know because we say these things like, oh, I'm just getting older or everyone in my family has it or yeah. I just have bad genes or, right. you know, all those things that you say. Right. But really, it was just I, could, I, I, I don't have good detox. And I had I'm a child of the 70s. Yeah. And then the 80s with the microwaves yeah. and the plastic yeah. and blah, 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 and the high stress and OBGYN. So is that due then to your pathways? Because I'm understanding now, um, I mean, a little bit, because it's way bigger than my brain could understand. Is it your pathways don't give you a good detox and it's different from maybe the way your husband does it or your mother does it yeah. or your next door neighbor does it? Yeah. And first off, don't talk about yourself like that. Like you're a smart cookie. And maybe you don't have a PhD in, in like I do pathways, not. but it's hard That's stuff. True. It's it hard, is. but like you're smart. So, okay. Yeah, all of the above. It's Think of it like a, a soup. And here we are with the multiple copies of the MTHFR and the two copies of the vitamin D deficiency and the two copies for celiac disease, being a child of the 70s, eating a lot of gluten, back up, being a child who had pneumonia at six months old, oh. and then- stacked ear infection, strep throat, ear infection, strep throat. Did your parents smoke? That's when everybody smoked no. too. My parents no, smoked. No, they didn't smoke. They didn't smoke. But, uh, you know, we never looked at like what kind of paint were we using? What kind of VOC? I grew up in homes that had lead pipes. They got rid of those, but then there was lead paint, lead in the gasoline. And, you know, you do construction on those kind of homes. So there were just all of these layers, right? It's like death by a thousand cuts standing under the waterfall. Wow. Every drop of yes. water is an individual toxin. And so yeah. so when you layer the genetics on with all the exposures and with 40 years of mercury fillings, I had mm -hmm. like six fillings in my mouth, mm -hmm. along with eating a lot of gluten and having mm -hmm. these two genes and eating food that was microwaved and plastic and then going into med school, which is stressful, <sighs> and then going into OBGYN, which is extremely stressful, <laughs> and then having fertility challenges made up for that. You, you start to layer these things on. By the time I hit perimenopause, I had no more elasticity in my rubber band. Yeah. And that's when I really went off the skids. So so it's all of the above because you put all these ingredients in the soup yeah. and then you blend it together. And then you're like, well, what's it from? Well, it's from all of it. Huh. Right? Cumulative. That's a cumulative Did you miscarry? Oh, yeah. I, I remember I was sitting down to take one of the board exams and one of my colleagues said to me, so when are you going to have another baby? I'm like, thanks. I just miscarried yesterday. Uh, so I had like four early miscarriages. Wow. And um, no late miscarriages, thank God. So I have four children and then four early miscarriages that were like, I had a positive pregnancy test and then it passed. So what root cause? What was the cause of that? Why couldn't you hold on to that? Inflammation. Celiac, actually celiac disease is a huge risk factor for miscarriages, really? bad OB outcome. I checked all these boxes, right? Wow. My first kid was a severely growth restricted preemie born at 30, 33 weeks. Wow. It was like classic. I was classic, you know, poor. So, so inflammation, depending on how your body's going to show up. Yeah. You go down whatever diagnosis or symptom you can go down. And it starts with things like, you know, a little bit of brain fog, a little bit of headaches, mm -hmm. a little bit of gut dysfunction, progresses to it's worse, severe constipation, diarrhea, mm -hmm. reflux, GERD, you get a diagnosis now, you have IBS, progresses to maybe you have an autoimmune disease, progresses We're, to cancer, dementia. Are you a dementia. patient? I mean, you sound not, typical. Really? I know. I only, I only have one autoimmune disease. Well, I, <laughs> so no, I I'm hate not. to win this one, but I, I've got I know, you beat I know. By, this is, by six. You know, I know this is not a like. Yeah, I, I'm just my heart breaks, right? So no, yeah. I don't have. I did have huh. thyroid dysfunction, and I went on medicine for a day, 
And I didn't do well with it. I literally, I, I went on medicine and I was like, Rah. and then I learned that, you know, when you have autoimmune disease in general, you don't do so well with the pig derived thyroid medicine because it, it's got the antibodies and I went off the cliff. So, and then I was like, you know what, we're going to, we're going to fix this differently. I wasn't that bad. You know, it was like kind of borderline. So I don't have hush. I don't have anything except celiac for autoimmune. Celiac's a big one though. <laughs> yeah. The reason, because it is pervasive and um, I have my functional, uh, my, I'm sorry, my health coaching, a lot yeah. of functional medicine people use it from IIN in New York, mm-hmm. Institute of Integrative Nutrition. And they, um, a famous, some actress in Hollywood tells a story of not, not functioning, not able to go to auditions, you know, couldn't keep relationships. And they all said it was in her head. And so I see that even though I have all these autoimmune conditions, I don't test positive for celiac, but because glyphosate's in the wheat, I don't eat. I don't, I've chosen not, I've had no gluten since March 1st. And there's some beautiful sourdough bread in my house right now that's baked from a local bakery. My husband just said at lunch, doesn't bother me at all. And I said, I'm still not going to try it because the glyphosate. So I stay away from it. But you also have an autoimmune, you know, with the autoimmune stuff, gluten, dairy, soy, sugar, alcohol, top, top five, right? Those are the nastiest things you want to put in your body. But the glyphosate is another layer of, adds another layer of dysfunction. So when you, yes. And then you hear people say, my mother made me, we had toast for breakfast. I had a sandwich at lunch and we came home and had pot roast and potatoes and rolls. Yet that student was the one that said, my stomach hurts every day. Oh, it's in your head. Or I really oh, can't think when I take the test. It's in your head. Y'all, it could be celiac. That, that's why celiac to me almost trumps my others. Obviously, vitiligo is strictly cosmetic. There's nothing about it. It doesn't pain me. It doesn't affect my life right. other than I have to wear more makeup on my face when I do on-camera stuff. So what? Right. But celiac is really disruptive because right. the long-term impact, had you not been diagnosed. So do your, of your four kids, do two have it? So this is, so, okay. So let's talk about this. So first off, it's a spectrum. It's not like on Monday, yeah. you're great. And on yeah. Tuesday, you got celiac. It's a spectrum. You start out perfectly fine. And the end result of the autoimmune dysfunction is a diagnosis called celiac. But the minute you get this diagnosis, it's not like you didn't have this problem. You had the problem long yeah. before. You yeah. might not have triggered the immune dysfunction in the way that when you finally get the diagnosis. But in order to have celiac, you have the gene and you can have non-celiac gluten sensitivity, either with or without the gene. So don't we all order, have that? No, you know, not gluten because mm-hmm. it's so rife. So I think gluten, I think sugar's the devil. I think gluten is like the devil's assistant, right? Because yeah. it's in everything and because it converts to sugar and because it's full of glyphosate. So it's a nasty actor, but intrinsically, it's just a food. It's the what we. It's the fact that we overeat it and we overprocessed it, and it's more allergenic. And then forty percent of the people have the gene that makes them reactive. So you can Got be it. so you can be reactive before you get celiac, and that reactivity is a problem because it's inflammatory. So uh, yeah, I mean, having celiac is nasty. So for my kids, we. Uh, I remember this very clearly. I was diagnosed when my second daughter was born. So 17 years ago, I was diagnosed. And fast forward, we went to this Greek restaurant and I knew that that the sauce on the rice had gluten because how do you make a sauce? We make a roux, you add water to to it. it. Yeah. Exactly. So I knew that it had wheat. So I didn't eat the rice. But my stepfather got this dish and my daughters were both like, Grandpa Ron, that looks amazing. Can we have some? So they have his rice and and sauce. And they were two and four. So we get the whole way home. They're like, I have a stomach ache. I have a stomach ache. I have a stomach ache. I call the toilet. No, I call the toilet. (laughs) Okay. We go in. We go in, they both go running upstairs and they go to the same bathroom. And I'm like, how's that going to work? We come in and they're back to back on the toilet. Stop stop it. Stop it. Both having diarrhea. I said, there it is. I said the word, the D word. So they're both having diarrhea. And my husband and I looked at each other and we're like, 
the oh my visual. god, they're sensitive to gluten. <laughs> yes, yes. And I'm not so, laughing at that. I'm laughing. No, I know. At- it's just one of those like it's just I was like, we should have taken a picture of them back to back on the toilet having diarrhea. I'm sure they would love bless, that in their wedding bless things, their right? Hearts. So we took them off gluten and we didn't test them. I didn't yet know that I had two genes. So no matter what, they got oh. one. We took them off gluten and then we took them off gluten everywhere. We said they had a gluten sensitivity. We didn't test them. In between my third and my uh, second and third child, I got tested and learned I had two genes and were like, oh my God, what have I done? And learned that they automatically had one. It was at that point I did the 23andMe on all of us. I'm like, I want to know what gene you have. So they have the DQ2, which is a little bit more virulent. It's a little more common. Okay. 90% of celiacs have DQ2. They both have DQ2. And I didn't test them, but they're both still, you know, still uh, 15 and 17 years later, they are still really sensitive to gluten. So uh, my oldest says to people, I have celiac, just so they take her seriously. Good. Because she feels awful when she has gluten. And the second one gets sick also. So, but she's a little bit less because, you know, we caught her earlier. And then the other two, we don't give them gluten. We just say to them, you have a very strong hit sure. family history. You have nasty sure. genes that are epigenetically activated. And, and they're like, really? Why are we talking about this? And I'm like, because you're at risk. And they do seem to react when they've gotten exposed. They're like, I think I got gluten because I had diarrhea. I'm like, great. Mm-hmm. We don't even give it to you when you're sensitive. So I tell all you, of them are gluten-free. You haven't had them go to college. It's very difficult when they have autonomy and agency, which you want them to have. Yep. But it is it is so pervasive, gluten in the food. Yes. It, it'll be very difficult to eat at. My oldest is at college, actually. And oh. that was one of the things we chose for school. So my oldest does not, my oldest is not a typical teenager, right? You're like, oh, teenagers push the boundary. And I'm like, I'm not saying don't eat gluten. Because I really feel strongly that avoidance of pain is a tremendous motivator. So if you eat gluten and you have diarrhea and a headache and joint pain and you're fatigued and your brain doesn't work, why would you do that, right? So I I have never for them been, I I manage the people who might feed them. Hey, you can't feed that to them. But going to college, I was like, you know, you're going to make your own choices. But she's like, I don't want to eat that. I feel awful. Good. And she's like, I think I got gluten. I'm like, all right, we got to get you the enzymes to help you when you get cross-contaminated. So, okay. So that is it. Do you keep charcoal or- uh, All of just, it, yes. Uh, we we have a product we call DG Block and it's got enzymes that help break down gluten. Now, okay. if you eat if you eat the sourdough bread, like a whole, you know, half a loaf, it's not going to help you. But if you had some cross-contamination and there's a little bit of dysfunction, that'll cover you, right? So that- if I get glutened, I do charcoal. Sometimes I'll do um, Alka-Seltzer. Yeah. It's kind of random. No. Uh, and then I fast. I fast yeah. and I do the sauna. And that okay. seems to, my as I have gotten rid of my mycotoxins and my metals, my reactions to gluten. Now, remember, I never eat gluten. Right. It's this is this is like a cross contamination kind of thing. If If I get cross contaminated, it used to take me six weeks to get better. I know, I know. You're like, what? Oh my so, gosh. It takes us that I've, long to rid our bodies of it? For me, it took that long to get over it. And and as I have gotten rid of these massive toxins, now my reaction is down to, I get evil. Like yeah. literally within a half hour, I'm like, why are you speaking? Mm-hmm. Why and are then you I'm breathing? Like, oh, why are you alive? <laughs> why, why, why are you even talking to me? And I'm like, oh crap, I got exposed. I get like evil within a half hour and then I get a headache a half hour later and then I have diarrhea and I feel kind of cruddy for a, the next 12 hours. But I, I'm kind of grateful. I'm like, oh, it's only 12 hours versus six weeks of diarrhea, dysfunction, brain fog, blah, 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 you name it. So oh, I've said it a lot in this talk, huh? Because well, um, it's, it, we call it number three. There's number one number, and number three, two. okay. And then- there's there's number three that those of us who have a sensitivity to the gelato I had a few weeks ago, you know, oh, and I just thought, let me just try it. My husband goes, why why do you try things? I think because this is a new day, and it is not. It's a self because hope springs error. eternal. Hope oh, springs eternal, right? Like doesn't it? Yeah, and so so we didn't ultimately test our kids for celiac, but I think the older two have celiac, and the oldest it, one does never cheat. Like they don't cheat because yeah. not cheating. This is just the way they eat because they feel crappy if they eat differently. Because it, 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 it doesn't matter if they have the name of they they know what right. they can and cannot tolerate. That's kind yes. of my COVID experience. I don't get tested because I'm like 
I stay home if I'm, I, I don't get tested if I have the flu. You know right. what I do? I stay home. And that way you don't get infected. I rela- I, I rest and I repair yeah. at home. So That's that, very I, kind of you. Thank you. I don't care if you get tested, but if you, you know, then, then people are like, oh, the test was negative. So I go out and I'm like, but you're still sick. But you're still Just sick. Go home. It's don't so, come in it, here. It is not a green light at that point. So, that, but that's my point. It really doesn't matter the name. And we always want to have the feeling of, I'm not my diagnosis. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want, I, I don't want to identify with things so much. Well, I can't, you know, I just know right. I have sensitivity to things and I know what they are for me, but they may not be for you. Okay. Let's go back to your yeah. ultimate detox. What, what were some of the things you had to do to take the wet washcloth and completely wring it out? I mean, obviously sauna is so a part cute, of that. Lisa. Okay, Lisa, <laughs> let me just say, you're never going to have a completely wrung out washcloth. That's totally a misnomer. Okay. So when you say, what did I had to do? I'm like, had, I'm still doing it. Okay. So, okay. So if you live on this earth, does anyone not live on this earth? Like right. everyone lives on this earth. So if right. you are human and you live on this earth, Actually, don't even get me going about our pets. You know, all of our pets have all these issues too. I know. So you live on this earth, you get exposed to toxins ongoingly. So you're never going to wring out your washcloth and be like, yep, we're done. Because then you buy a new piece of clothing, buy a new piece of furniture, eat food, drink water, breathe, have EMF exposure, be a stress ball, whatever, right? There's a million toxins. So there's 150,000 unique chemicals. We're exposed to something like, one to 10,000 a day, depending like a new car, a car has 10,000 chemicals. in it. So I'm in a new house. You're, you're new house exactly. You're, you're in a new house. So you're yeah. in a new house with volatile organic compounds yes. and off gassing from things and yes. new furniture and plastics, phthalates, flame retardants, blah, blah, blah. So mm. you're never done. Okay. okay. But what I did for four years, pretty intensively, and I'm still, I'm, st- it's really, it's a process. It's a journey. It's not a destination. You're never going to get there. You, what you're going to get is, wow, I feel great. Now let's keep it up and continue peeling it off. So I worked very hard to take binders to get rid of the mycotoxins. Okay. I'm actually due to retest. The last time I tested, I had gone from five strains to two strains, and the levels of those strains were significantly lower than what they started at. So right. I suspect that I'm kind of on my way. But given that one out of every two buildings has had water damage, when you go to a new building, you have no idea what exposure. You go to the grocery store. I go to the gym down the street and I'm like, there's water on the tiles. Yes, all the time. All the, all time, the time, right? That's that. water damage. That's mold. So so I even when I'm done, I'm going to continue taking binders. And my favorite okay. binder is the propyl manin fiber, which in our office is called Lean and Clean but it's the propylmanin conjac, t- conjac tuber fiber, and it binds to all the strains of mycotoxins. It helps okay. bind to metals. So it's kind of this multi-purpose detox support. So there's that. <clears throat> I did for many years, I did charcoal, chlorella, clay, and Wellcall, which is a prescription. I did those four, two of each, one to two times a day for four years. And then wow. I kind of got treatment, you know, and I got treatment fatigue and I would take a little break. And then I was yeah. like, you know what, why don't I take the propylmanin and the chlorella? Because, because chlorella is good for metals, propylmanin's good for everything. So, and propyl, I'm sorry, chlorella is also good for mycotoxins. So I'm really sort of maximizing my usage. So that was the mycotoxin work. And then I did, <clears throat> excuse me, I did a sort of bar stool treatment for the metals. So one part of the bar stool, improve the liver's ability to process toxins, glutathione, vitamin C, N-acetylcysteine, alpha High dose of vitamin C? What do you consider a high dose? I, I don't actually feel good when I get like 50 grams of vitamin C. It makes me like, I don't feel well. So in order to get it in, it takes like six hours and I don't have the time. So high dose, I did uh, the liposomal glutathione and C six pumps of each twice a day. Okay. And I've done this for about four years. All right. That, that's one part of the bar stool. The next part of the bar stool is bind those toxins. So that's where the fiber, the chlorella. Uh, I also took DMSA, which is a prescription yes. binder. Mm-hmm. I also did IVs every one, t- once a week to twice a week to once every month, depending on how busy I was, I would just do an IV whenever I could. And I still do IVs actually. And so what does an IV do then? Does it help? Is it a binder? Is it the ultimate binder? Yeah, great question, Lisa. So the IVs that I got were EDTA, 
and DMPS. These are oh. the EDTA is number one for binding to lead and DMPS is number one for binding to mercury. And they both bind to the others too. So I got those two with alpha lipoic acid and a glutathione push. So I did that, I actually did that last week. And I'll probably do it this week, actually. Are you so, doing the NAD plus that all the celebrities are doing? I'm not. We have it. We do it, but I just don't do it. It's, you know, you have to run it really slowly. And I don't two have time hours. to do a four-hour IV. Like, yeah. I don't have that time. I've done so, two hours, and I'm about to jump out of my skin. Yeah, I, I don't have time for that, but I it's feel, great. I feel good for about 10 days. Yeah. I focus. I have clarity. I really think mm -hmm. they should put it in the water. I think it's amazing. Um, Instead of fluoride. Yeah, well- I haven't used fluoride. I haven't used fluoride in 20 something years. I mean, yeah. I knew better because I, it gave me the periorbital rash. And then yeah. I started reading that in the fifties, if you had hyperthyroidism, they gave you a tablet of thyroid to kill I mean, a fluoride to kill your thyroid. And I thought my thyroid's barely hanging on. Why do anything right. else to, to piss it off? So mm -hmm. I have never done it. And I don't want to, I mean, a dentist telling me better and anything different is like, silly. Um, yeah. Tell me what people can do. So people listening right now, how can they connect with you? Because you are out of state. And I know that we have silly rules that physicians sometimes can't see people out of state, but how can you treat them? Because you have magical experience here. Thank you. I'm going to tell my kids. Someone said I was magical. Yeah, totally. Unicorn experience. <laughs> so there's two ways to work with me. So I live in Massachusetts and I practice in Massachusetts and Massachusetts state law requires for the first visit that you be in Massachusetts in person. It can be right. telehealth, but you got to be in Massachusetts. Kind of weird, but very weird. That, so if you're looking for, okay, let, let's sort of go big picture. If you're like, I really sick, I really need someone who's going to do a deep dive. I need to be a patient. We have a bricks and mortar. It's in Massachusetts. That's called fivejourneys.com. Okay. And then the majority of people are not going to fall into that bucket. So we have an online brand, drwendy.com. And the doctor is just DR, not doctor spelled out. And on that site, we have programs, we have supplements, we have testing, we have, uh, okay. what else do we have? We have education. We, it, it's, a, it's really meant for a wellness interaction. Right. We can test a little bit of your toxins, but we can't do metals. You know, we can't do that. And so we do things through the drwendy.com. And actually, I have a gift for your listeners that I should oh, tell them about. We love a gift. So it's a free gift. And what it gets you is access to a quiz that'll tell you how toxic you are. Chapter one of our book, Dirty Girl, that we wrote, which is all about toxins and how to right. navigate and get rid of them, as well as the non-toxic guide to healthy living. So it's all in one site at drwendy.com forward slash gift. Okay. So that's free. And then on Instagram and Facebook, this is what I'm all about. Like this, th I'm all about how to feel freaking amazing and live a life in which you make the most profound difference you can to okay. the best of your ability. So on Instagram and Facebook, it's at Wendy Trubo MD. Okay. And I will put all of this in the show notes. Thank you. Um, MD. Okay. And I think um, before we go on any further, yeah. I think it's really important that people remember that this is not about perfection. This is about improvement. Well, it's a get constant better. journey. Yeah, yes. I mean, but get better. We, don't get perfect. Don't, don't get fixed. Get better. Unless we could go back to our mother's womb for protection. But well, even there. You're getting 50% of your mom's toxins. So that's not even protective. That's actually wow. a tox up event. Wow. Nursing and uh, pregnancy and nursing is detox for the woman. But it's a tox up event for the baby. Is so yeah, right? it's not even really protected then. Sorry, kids. I know. I'm like, you got it from your mama. Sorry, baby. <laughs> right. But good personality, great at weddings and more mitzvahs. There are a lot of things that I've passed down. Yes. And so, yes. so that I've dirty, some dirty genes. We can take care of that by seeing Dr. Wendy, getting the book. You've done all the things. Your social media is great. And I will, because it, it's W-E-N-D-I-E. -E. People Correct. need to know that Dr. Wendy. She and I'm not spent. French. It's not Trubo like a French. That's like what Trudeau, it sounds Trudeau. like, though. I know. It sounds like that. But it's, you think of it used to be Trubowitz and take the it's off. That's how it was. And now we understand. Yeah. Um, great conversation today. You, uh, you. I love your, obviously love your energy. Love, love what you're doing for women. I, I really want women to speak up. One thing we do in the South, Dr. Wendy, is, hi, how are you? Fine. Thank you. That you know, Southerners never want to ruffle any feathers. I try to tell my clients, friends, peers, 
go in there and stomp your foot and say, I'm mad as hell. I'm not taking it anymore. I don't feel well and stop saying, Oh, I'm good. No, you're not. Or you wouldn't have gone. So now when they come to you, it's different, but I think their first line of defense and seeing somebody who might practice traditional Western medicine, family practice is no, I'm, I'm okay. No, you're not okay. You want to know why you have an apron now for a belly. You want to yeah. know now why you have, you know, hair growing out of your chin. There's a root cause. Yes. And yes. I just really if want you say women. Nothing, you get nothing. That's, say something so you get something. Yes. And if they don't listen to you, you're just in the wrong spot, right? Don't go to the sub shop and ask for ice cream. Like, do, you got to go to the right place. Go to, a go to the sub shop, right. And in don't my case, anyway. my case, don't get the ice cream either. Right. No. Because no. that didn't end well for us. No. So great job today. Thanks for what you're doing. And we'll send everybody to the show notes to get more information. Thank you for what you're doing. Great to work with you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe and download all the episodes and leave a review, won't you? The Lisa Fisher Said Podcast is produced by ClantonCreative.com.